Today's scripture is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 1, and the verses 7 through 14. Here are these words of scripture. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dion. Today we continue our worship series called Road Trippin' with Jesus. We're looking at texts from the Gospel of Luke when Jesus journeyed to Jerusalem with his growing group of disciples. And as they traveled, Jesus told stories that helped them to see how the relationship with God connects with their everyday life. They're not two separate things. And as I read these stories, I was reminded of how much discipleship is like going on our own road trip with Jesus, learning as we travel along the road of life with Jesus as our navigator. And with any road trip, like any road trip, discipleship means that we need to trust our navigator. We need to be ready for anything. We need to pay attention to the road signs. We need to know our budget before we leave. And we even need to be willing to pick up a few hitchhikers along the way. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord. Enable us to be receptive to your message this morning. Challenge us to live more fully for you than we ever have before. Through the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. When I was little, I remember riding in the car with my mom, and I saw a person standing out on the side of the road with their thumb out and looking longingly at all of the cars that were passing them by. And so I asked my mom what they were doing, and she said, well, they're hitchhiking. She said they're waiting and hoping that someone will stop and pick them up and take them in the direction that they're trying to go. And I was very confused by this, why anyone would want to, to travel in this way. And after a pause, she said, you know, your uncle hitchhiked across the U.S. a couple of times when he came back from Vietnam. And my eyes got really big, and I said, really? Why would he do that? And she just said, it was the 60s. <laughs> I was like, 
okay. <laughs> like, as a little kid, I had no idea what that meant. I do a little more now. And it's true. There have been times throughout the past century when hitchhiking was some, it was a somewhat normal way, mode of transportation, going from one place to another. During the Depression, people were out of work. They were trying to find opportunities, and they didn't have their own cars, and so they would hitchhike to try and find work. And then during World War II, there were gas and tire restrictions, and so people hitchhiked as a way to conserve resources. Then in the 60s and the 70s, there was this whole generation of young people who wanted to explore the big, wide world, and so they hitchhiked for that adventure. But then in the 80s, that's when we started to see things start to change. And now we, I don't know the last time I've actually seen a hitchhiker on the side of the road. Because it's seen as dangerous and taboo. It's reserved for those who are desperate and, and often maybe unsavory individuals. But as I read today's scripture, thinking about this theme of road tripping with Jesus... Hitchhikers is what came to mind. Because in today's scripture, it's the Sabbath, and Jesus is invited to a meal at the house of a leading Pharisee. And while he's there, he notices how the guests choose the places of honor around the table. Now, that was normal in Greco-Roman society. Meals were these very important social ceremonies for them because people noticed where you ate who you ate with, and where you even sat around the table. All of those things, they highlighted a person's social position, or lack thereof. And the hosts, they invited friends and family and wealthy neighbors who would then reciprocate the offer, inviting the host to their meals. And it was an, an honor to be invited to certain people's dinners, depending on their position in society, because it equated to better opportunities for trading and business and for marrying off children. It's all about who you know. Jesus knew this was the game that everybody was playing around the table. But Jesus was never one for games. And so he calls them out. First, he tells this parable, discouraging his listeners from seeing the most, sitting at the most prestigious seat at the table, because then they wouldn't have to endure the humiliating position of possibly being displaced by someone of greater importance. Instead, he tells them to take the lowest seat, not just the next lower seat, but the lowest seat, so that then you might be elevated by the host into an honorable seat. And then Jesus ends with a very well-known adage that we see throughout Scripture. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then after this, Jesus gets really countercultural, and he challenges the host. It's not a parable. He speaks directly to the host. And he works to undermine the very system that supports all of these status differences at their meals. He urges the host, don't invite your friends or your family or those wealthy neighbors to your meals. Because they're able to repay you 
matching the invitation. Don't do it because of that. Instead, he says, the host should invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. That's what Jesus says. Don't invite those powerful or well-to-do individuals because they might return the invite. But invite those who have never had such a meal. Invite those who could never hope to return the favor or give anything at all in return. And Jesus assures them that when you do this, you will be blessed. And when he says this, it's not just a blessing of praise from others around them, but this is a blessing by God. Jesus takes this system that was the backbone of their culture, this knowing the right person, you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back kind of thing. And he tells them in this story just how pointless it all is, that it's not about that. And we would like to think that we don't have such a, a social structure anymore. We don't, we don't have different levels of, of, of people. We, we're all equal. We're created equal, right? But we also, I think, can admit that if we really tried to convince ourselves of that, we would be trying to convince ourselves because we know it's not actually true. That now that type of system is just not as overt. When we do something for someone, still we are thinking about what we might get in return. How can this situation help me to get where, where I want to be? Whatever social or political or cultural ladder we find ourselves on, climbing up that Instead of living into that system, that culture that we still find ourselves in, in this scripture, Jesus is challenging us. Just as he was challenging the people around that table so long ago to have righteousness as our goal, not the social position that we're striving for or admiration of those around us, but to strive for God's righteousness, God's goodness in our lives. Because God doesn't look at the glitter of our guest list. God looks to see that we have practiced generosity and inclusiveness of God's kingdom in our everyday lives. Now we will move into a time of praying with and for one another and so I invite those who are joining online to use prayer at brexelumc.com or use the comments on Facebook. And I want, to, as we prepare for prayer, I invite all those um, to please stand as you are able and let us sing together.
seated. We have several prayers that have come in. Kathy asks for prayers for Katie as she grieves her father's death and prepares to celebrate his life this week. And then another Kathy asks for prayers for the family of Ellen, who is a college friend who lost her battle with addiction to alcohol. And Jamie asks for prayers for his uncle Pat for peace and healing in his journey with cancer. And Chris asks for prayers for the family of Jim Z um, and Corey PA. And then Lisa asks for continued prayers for Jim as he continues to heal physically and emotionally as well as for his family. And prayers for Kay who is experiencing, um, who is undergoing um, emergency surgery and then also thanks be to God for the great music. And I would want I want to add um, a thank you to Michael and Matt, who um, both preached the past couple of weeks so that I could steal away and sit on the beach with my family. And it was wonderful and beautiful. Um, and I'm very grateful for that time as well as for the staff and everyone here who um, came together and enabled that to happen. And then also asking prayers for uh, my husband Rasul's family, um, for his, his grandmother, uh, Saroj, who um, is in the, the last days of her life. And um, in honor of her, I'm wearing a, a Savar kameez and the stole that um, her and her husband gave. And so just celebrating um, her long and beautiful life. So we know that God hears our prayers, all of the joys, all of the concerns, the struggles, everything that's laying on our hearts. So let us go to our Lord now. Gracious God, you are a God of hospitality. There is none like you that invites all to come to you. You have invited all to your home, to your table and to your arms. And so God, help us to remember that no one is better than anyone else in your kingdom. And help us to treat one another in the way that you treat us. Because God, you treat us with a tender love. And so we take time to pray for our friends, our family members, our loved ones, our neighbors, and those we don't know who need you now more than ever. Pour out your healing on all who need it. Be generous with your transforming love. Bring forth your reconciliation in places where it is needed. Oh God, there is none like you in your love, in your generosity, in your gifting, and your hospitality. And so we thank you that you are in our lives, working in us, and through us to let people know your kingdom is open to all. In the name of your Son, who opened the doors for all and broke down barriers that kept people from you, O oh God, we pray all of these things in his name, praying together the Lord, the prayer that he taught his disciples so long ago. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. As we leave here, our hope, our goal, is to give you a few ways that you can continue to grow with God and one another in the days and the weeks to come. And we have several ways that you can do that here in this community. One is through the welcome team. And this is today directly following this service in the parlor, the room behind us, we will have a welcome team training. The welcome team is formerly known as the ushers and the greeters. And we've renamed it because really that's what these people do, is they help us to feel welcome on a Sunday morning. And ushers sounds very fancy and a little intimidating maybe, but it's really anything that we can all do and we all need to do for one another. And so if you would like to um, find out more about this ministry, to possibly be a part of this ministry, then, um, and or if you've already been a part of it but want to learn about this kind of switch in focus, then um, you can join us in the parlor directly following the service today, or you can plan to join us at the end of September as well. And then also we have our fall kickoff that is coming up um, in just a few weeks. On September 11th, following our 10 o'clock service, we are going to have our big summer or end of summer family reunion where we're going to gather together and worship and then head outside and have tons of fun together. If you join us typically online, I invite you to plan to join in person if you're in the area and, and know that that is a great opportunity to get to know all of us. Um, it is, we'll worship at 10 o'clock, then we'll head outside on the square. Farmer's Feast is providing the food. We'll have the Kona ice truck. We'll have the rocket car. We'll have an artist drawing caricatures. We'll have all kinds of fun yard games. And we'll also have the Blazing River Freedom Band here to help us celebrate. So it really is going to be an absolute blast. We'd love for you to RSVP because then we know how many to plan for. I'm just assuming that everybody's going to come because it really is just the most fun, isn't it? Those who have been there before, not, yes, yes, yeah, uh-huh, thank you, thumbs up, good job, yes. And so, but it's good to know that everybody's coming for sure, so you can RSVP, let us know. And um, if you're able to contribute, make a donation to offset all of the, the cost of the having fun together, then um, we would love for you to do that. If you're not able to do that, come anyway. We want everybody to join us. And so um, that's going to be our big blowout September 11th. And then the next Sunday is also a big Sunday. We are going to start new, a new Sunday morning schedule. We've had a, a group of individuals from our church community meeting together, praying together. I've lovingly called them the Sunday morning task force because we were tasked with a mission. And um, they really worked through, we worked through what makes Sunday morning special. 
And what makes it special is the relationships that we're able to build here, to encounter God and cultivate relationships with one another. And so beginning on September 18th, after our kickoff, we are going to move to this new schedule. We'll have our 8.30 service, just like we normally do right now. It'll be outside until the beginning of October, because then you know weather, and it, we move inside. And then at 9.30, we'll have what we're calling our joyful gathering time, really. It's just a fancy way to say we're going to have coffee together, and we're going to have some Sunday school classes, like the, the bona fide, like good old-fashioned Sunday school classes for the kids and adults, as well as just informal conversation about Pastor Heidi really just said that in her sermon, and I have no idea what she's talking about, and so somebody needs to clarify some things for me that kind of conversation with one another, as well as podcast conversation, and, and just getting to build relationships. And then at 10.30, not 10 o'clock, if you come at 10 o'clock, you're just going to get some coffee, and then you're going to wait until 10.30 when the service starts. Oh, that's a good way to get people to come on time. It starts at 10. Never mind, it starts at 10. <laughs> just kidding. So 10.30 will be a worship service very similar to this one. We'll have the, the worship. What are you guys talking about over there? Jamie, pay attention. 10.30. 10.30. This worship service will have our worship band with us. We'll also have, um, we'll have Sprouts um, and, and we'll have the children's moment. And then we'll also have our choir joining us. So we'll have all of the beautiful voices in our 10.30 service as well. And so um, we know this isn't perfect. It's not going to check all the boxes for every single person. But there's, there's too many of us to, to make everybody happy. And so we're trying to make everybody equally unhappy or something like that. But um, we're really hopeful that this is going to be a way that we can really cultivate relationships, get to know one another again or for the first time. And if you have any questions about any of these things, you want to learn more, you can contact me you can contact the church office, call us, email us. Um, you can also go to bumclinks.com. It has tons of information. Um, the newsletter, September newsletter, just came out, and that is chock full of information and a good resource. And so we really hope that um, these are ways that we can live into our mission of creating safe spaces to grow with God and one another and empowering each of us to go and do the good work that God has called us to do. So with all of that, let us receive our benediction, our good word. Okay. Okay. All right. Let us receive our benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Go in peace and not in pieces. Amen.
right, y'all. Have a wonderful week.